You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. So we are seeing what our battle is against. It says you cannot serve God and mammon. Okay? Once the society misplaces the value and begins to exalt money, you know, or mammon beyond God, every other thing will, you know, just crumble. And that's where we are in the nation. And that's why you and I, you know, I repeat and I repeat and I repeat. That's why we have to rise up. That God will find us, you know, instruments, vessels, witnesses to him. That you and I do not serve mammon. But rather that we control mammon or we control money in the name of Jesus. You see, the issue of poverty and wealth has nothing to do with mammon. There are poor people that worship mammon. You see, the simple thing about mammon is what, based on what you make your judgments. There are poor people that will do every bad thing against another poor person. But when a rich man comes, they will do every good thing to him. What have they done? They have judged. It's simply a basis of judgment. If you judge based on money, that's why I have issues with a lot of things they teach, you know, in our world today, you know, from the pulpit. They say, don't make friends with someone you can't benefit anything from. When they say that, what are they trying to say? They're saying associate with the successful. And when they say successful, they're not talking of the John the Baptist kind of successful, who the Bible says was great in the sight of the Lord. They are talking about the successful of, you know, having things around you. And just like you quoted, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of the things he put. But that's where we are bringing society to. So everybody judges based on what you have, not the value. You know, and the media, the social media hasn't helped it. So people judge based on likes, on followership, on, you know, whatever. And all those things, they don't represent value. We've said it here over and over again. That the enemy, Satan, is the prince of the power of the air. That is media. He controls media. Truth does not trend. It's useless things that trend. Words of wisdom don't trend. Value doesn't trend. It's emptiness that trends. Praise God. Over the weekend, I'm sure one million and one powerful sermons will be preached. You won't hear it. But if somebody goes naked, it's everywhere. <laughs> Why? Because that one is free sponsorship. Like they used to say, you see, if a dog bites a man, it's no news. But if a man bites a dog, <laughs> praise God. Okay, so that's what it is. And um, you must understand the assignment we have. That's why sometimes it's as though I'm beside myself. I understand the assignment because a lot of people think and believe these things. But you have a responsibility to prove to them that it's not so. Praise the Lord. That is not so. Money is good, okay? But money is not everything. You see, how many things really can money do for you? If money could satisfy, you know, people like Elon Musk, I understand, is planning. I say, who is it that is planning to now start, start charging for They want to make more money. The money they have, if they were using it as fire, you know, to burn, to keep their houses warm, it won't finish. 
But they're not sleeping trying to make more. Do you understand? It doesn't satisfy. Money doesn't give peace. It doesn't give love. It doesn't give anything. Praise God. It answers all things, but it doesn't satisfy. If you've had a bit of money, you know what I'm telling you. Okay? So it's supposed to be an instrument. The Apostle Paul writes and says, we use this world. We use money. We don't misuse it. We make use of it. So Lord Jesus in the parable of the shrewd steward talked about making friends of the unrighteous man. You use it to achieve what you should do. So God has blessed you. God has put you in a position. You use it to serve God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, this evening, briefly, and um, with the time we have, I I want us to look at something as a follow-up from Sunday. Come with me to Zechariah chapter 8, and I might just want us to read the entire verse. But where the meditation began was from verse 6, actually, Zechariah 8, 6, where the Lord said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, if it is marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of those people in these days, will it also be marvelous in my eyes, says the Lord of hosts. Now what God is saying concerning Nigeria, what God is saying concerning you, if you were in church on Sunday, I was in church, and I'm believing and I'm expecting great things for me and for you as well in the name of Jesus. Because what God wants to do, he's going to make men great, he's going to make women great. Okay, now he says, if it is marvelous in the eyes of these people, he said, will it also be marvelous in my eyes? And thank God for the songs that we sang today. Our God is a big God. Praise the Lord. The God we serve is what? He's big, he's awesome, he's mighty. So maybe let's just read, it's 23 verses. Let's read it and it, it will bless us. There's a blessing for reading the word of God. And he's speaking concerning Nigeria as well. So from verse 1 I read, Again the word of the Lord of hosts came saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I'm zealous for Zion with great zeal. With great fervor I'm zealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Nigeria. Nigeria shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Nigeria each one with a staff in his hand because of great age. The streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if it is marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, will it also be marvelous in my eyes, says the Lord of hosts. Seven, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west. I will bring them back and they shall dwell in the midst of Nigeria. They shall be my people, and I'll be their God in truth and righteousness. Thus says the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong. You who have been hearing in these days the words by the mouth of the prophets, who spoke in the day the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord of hosts, that the temple might be built. Ten. For before these days, there were no wages for man. Is that like where we are? nor any hire for beast. There was no peace from the enemy for whoever went out or came in. For I set all men, everyone against his neighbor. But now I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days, says the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give its fruit, the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all this. And it shall come to pass. 
that just as you were a curse among the nations, O Nigeria, O Nigeria, so I will save you and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear, let your hands be strong. For thus says the Lord of hosts, just as I determined to punish you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not relent. So again in these days, I am determined to do good to Nigeria and to the house of Nigeria. Do not fear. These are the things you shall do. Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. Let none of you think evil in your heart against your neighbor, and do not love a false oath. For all these are things that I hate, says the Lord. 18. Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, the fast of the tenth, shall be joy and gladness and cheerful face for the house of Nigeria. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, People shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go. And pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Nigeria and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts In those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Nigerian, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard. That God is with you. Amen. 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 May the Lord fulfill this word concerning our nation in the name of Jesus. Brethren, that's where we are. And you read things like this. God is saying, I'm God. It's not difficult for me. And as we're reading it now, I'm remembering Israel. For those of us who, you know, know a bit of history. 1948 was when Israel became a nation again. Over thousands of years, they were in dispersion. There was no nation of the Jews. There were Jews, but they had no nation. They were in Russia. They were, you know, in different parts of the world, in America, in Japan. Everywhere there were Jews, but they had no nation. And by an act of God, it just fell in that all of a sudden the nation came to be. And we're talking about how many years from then... It's one of the most powerful nations in the world now. You can't ignore Israel in every area, militarily, scientifically, biologically, everywhere. They export food. The whole Israel is not as big as Anambra State. But they export food to almost all the world. They don't have rain. Their rain comes like, uh, you know, once in a blue moon. Because the word of God said so. Praise the Lord. Because what? The word of God said so. They are the most hated people in the whole world. Everybody, you know, almost everyone just hates the Jews. Yet they are the most prosperous people in the whole world. Why? Because God is for them. And the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be what? Against you. And they are the natural of what we represent spiritually. So when the word of God comes, we have to remind ourselves who is speaking who has sent this word so from sunday god said to us he is going to rebuild this nation he's going to rebuild our nation 
and there will be men and women that he will use. He says, Isaiah 58 verse 12. He says, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the bridge. The restorer of streets to dwelling. That's what is commissioning you and I to. And somebody saying, Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. You see, because God will walk with somebody. God will walk with persons. However, those persons that God will walk, he has first a task of getting them to believe God. Praise the Lord. If he doesn't find anyone that will believe him, God's work can't work. Praise God. He has to find men. And that's why he sends preachers. He sends prophets. He sends men to go and tell them, tell them, tell them. Even for the deliverance of a nation, God had to first convince Moses. When Moses believed, Moses had to convince Aaron. When Aaron and Moses believed, they had to convince the nation of Israel to believe God, to allow him do what he can do. My prayer is that you and I in this time will believe God and allow him do what, what only he can do in the name of Jesus. That, that's why we also talked about Abraham on Sunday, about you know, who contrary to hope in hope believed. I think Momichi and uh, Pastor Falake they did a video, you know, singing the national anthem and, you know, blessing Nigeria. And somebody was angry. Say, what is there in Nigeria that you're singing about? You know, like I told you when I read the passage, they said they took stones to stone at Joshua and Caleb. There's a way you speak about Nigeria outside. People will stone you because they'll think you're amongst those that are causing the pain. There's pain in Nigeria. There's wickedness. There's all of that. Okay. But the Bible also reminds us of the father of faith, Abraham. It says, who contrary to hope, in hope did what? That's where we are. There is nothing we see that is giving us hope. But the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes beyond the hills. We lift up our eyes beyond what we see. Praise God. And that's where our help comes from. The God who made the heavens and what? By analysis, there is no way. Even the so-called helps. If you follow the news and... Um, the whole thing about the strike and NLC and the money that are going to... Even all of that, you can see that there is hopelessness everywhere. The money they are talking they are going to give, the Yaloja money and the Jagaban money and all of that. All of that is fraud of the highest order. Because it's just men plotting to steal. No accountability. So if you look down, you will faint. Praise God. But the Bible says concerning Abraham, he says he did not consider... His own body, already dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. We cease to consider all the things we hear in the news. We lift up our eyes. Praise the Lord. We expect that he comes. He said he's coming and he will come. And we'll pray that when he comes, he will find faith in you. He will find faith in me. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Okay? Also, just um, on the side, I want to lay this foundation and, and bring it together. You know, the basis of the Christian faith, or the foundation of our faith is first that God, our God, created the heavens and the earth. How many of us believe that? Okay, so our God created all things, man included. And in Genesis 1.26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let him have dominion, or let him have dominion. And that's how man was made, in the image and likeness of God. Okay. 
In Genesis chapter 2, you know what happened? God put man in the garden of Eden and gave man instructions of every tree of this garden. You may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the day you eat of it, you will surely die. You and I know that the serpent came and deceived Eve, and Eve, you know, influenced uh, Adam, and they both ate, and we saw the descent and how things began to go down, 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 down. Now, if you come to Genesis 5, 1, 2, and 3, you'll see something happening there. It says, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of who? Let me hear you, in the likeness of? Okay, so it says, he created them, male and female, and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Now, verse 3, read verse 3 for me. It says, and Adam lived 130 years and begot a son, how? In his own likeness. Between verse 1 and verse 3 is a long journey. Man had gone from divine nature to fallen nature. Praise God. Verse 1, in his own likeness. So Adam was just like God. Adam thought like God, felt like God, judged like God, believed like God and all of that. But by verse 3, the man that was brought forth was now in the likeness of Adam. That's how come a brother will kill a brother. For no reason. There was no accommodation problem. There was no feeding problem. There was no problem. Just why would God be happy with you and not be happy with me? You see, the root of evil, when you investigate evil, you will not want to touch it. You know, there's a level where people justify sin. Where somebody says, uh, waiting man go do, things are hard. Just like it's in Nigeria now, a lot of people are going to be pushed to the wall because of hardship. But the truth is this, evil doesn't even need hardship to function. Evil is evil. We talked here recently about the nurse that was killing infants. Were they biting her? Were they taking anything from her? Just evil. So if you understand evil, you see that under no circumstances should you allow yourself to be part of evil at all. I get what I'm saying. Because the origin after Adam and Eve's fall, the first sin they told us was unjustifiable. God said to Cain, Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? If you do well, which means this is what you do, you can do it. Cain didn't say to God, I can't do it. I don't know where to find a lamb. He heard God. When God, he felt God left, he targeted his brother and killed. This is his brother, only two of them there. Let me say evil is evil. I don't want a part of it. You don't want a part of it in the name of Jesus. No matter where it's found, you and I must not be a part of it in the name of Jesus. And just like we're saying on Sunday, even if it's found with a rich man, we don't want to be a part of it. If it's found in a system, we don't want to be a part of it. Like uh, the singers of old, uh, SU brothers used to sing. He say, if you take the whole world, let me just follow Jesus. That's where we want to be because that's the temptation. A little evil and then you compromise. A little evil and then you compromise. A little evil and you compromise. But you see, any little evil that comes in is already evil. And God will deliver us from such in the name of Jesus. So God created man in his image. But man fell to this fallen nature. And now, what was it about this fall of man? I'm going to show you something that the Lord showed me today. Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to show you verse 9, 10, and 11. It says, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? This after they had eaten the, the, the fruit of the, um, that they were not supposed to eat. He said, where are you? So Adam answered and said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was what? Let me hear you say what? 
was afraid. Man was never to be afraid. God is never afraid. Made in the image and likeness of God. God created us in his image. You see, the New Testament reminds us, he has not given to you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love and what? Of a sound mind. Fear came when man fell. Fear is of the fallen nature. A fear of anything, oh, praise the Lord. Fear of what? Any form of fear. You know why? You see, God is Alpha and Omega. Fear has to do with uncertainty. Fear has to do with an undesirable outcome. Fear has to do with failure. Fear has to do with disappointment. Now, God is Alpha and Omega. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, and he's omnipresent. Can God be disappointed? Can God be taken by surprise? <laughs> That's why God can't fear. Now, you're supposed to be in that realm where there's no fear found in you. I'm pointing that so you know some things you'll disallow from tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Bible goes on to say, says the righteous is how? As what? As what? As what? That's where we're supposed to be. No matter what, he said, bring it on. Praise the Lord. Bring it on. Bring it on. Why? Because it was the fall that introduced that word, fear. And then the next one says, I was afraid because I was what? Naked. It's also the fall that introduces that mentality of insufficiency. God is all sufficient. The one who is seated in his position in God has all he needs. <laughs> Hallelujah. God appeared to Moses, wanted to send him to go and counter the world power of his time. He didn't train him in Taekwondo. He looked at Moses and said, what do you have in your hand? Moses had a staff. He had a stick. He said, with that stick, you're going to operate nuclear weapons. Because the one who is in the image of God has all he needs. Say, I have all I need. When the woman whose uh, husband died as the son of the prophet and was indebted, when she went to the prophet and said, Master, prophet, my husband, your servant, has died and I'm indebted. They're about to take me, take my two sons and sell and all of that. What did the prophet say? Let's go to the market. Did he say, let's go to farm? Did he say, let's go here? What did he say? He said, what do you have? Because he that is in Christ has all sufficiency. What you need to make that step is with you already. Is someone hearing him? He says, I was afraid because I was naked. Now, to help you understand this, God asked him a question. He said, who told you you were naked? It's the fall that makes you feel you're incomplete. It's sin that makes me feel I need this to be something. I need a man to be a, a woman. I need a woman to be a man. I need a car to be a man. Why are you not serving God? I need money to serve God. Why are you not happy? I need a child to be happy. You don't need anything. It's the devil. He said, who told you? Which means you weren't supposed to know that. Because in God, ah, he made us in his image. And that was the fall. It was that position that came God to that he started killing. That's what makes you do every other thing you do. The wrong way. Praise the Lord. But there's good news. Amen. There's good news. That's part of the Christian foundation I want to lay. So it progresses. When man was in that stage, God now in Christ and through Christ began a redemption to redeem us from that fallen nature. So the Bible says to us, John 3, 16, we know it. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Verse 18 says, he that does not believe is condemned already. We, we say that and we, I believe we know that. The gospel does not judge anybody. And we are already judged already. We are already fallen. It's like people are in the sea, you know, drowning. And then you throw lifeboats. The person who refuses the lifeboat is not the lifeboat that killed him. He was dying already. Are you with me? So, Jesus in Christ, God began redemption. So he gave his only begotten son to redeem us from that fallen nature, from that place where we are incomplete, where we are afraid, where we are naked, where we are ashamed, where we keep needing, 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 where we are threatened all the time. So redemption came in Christ. Recreation also came in Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 17, what does it say? It says he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. So we are not just redeemed and managed. We are not repaired. We are made new. Praise God. It says all things have what? Passed away. All things have become new. But it even gets better because also in John 1, 12, it makes us understand. It says as many as received him, what did he do? He gave them the right to become sons of God. So can you see we are totally and fully restored now? Hallelujah. That's where we are. We have the right to function as sons of God. Just as it was to be from the beginning. That's where we all prayed from. Now, when you get into this place now, you begin to see the mentality that is necessary. And I take it from another angle now. So, what would you do if you were sure that you would be given all the help or support you needed to accomplish what you wanted to do? What would you do tonight if you knew you could accomplish anything? You could get any job done. You could get any target met. What would you do? I mean, just think. We'll, we'll think different things, okay? But I want to give you some instances, okay? Do you know the evil unregenerate man, if he had such possibility, you know what he's going to do? He's just going to do more evil. I know many of us are thinking how they'll solve problems, right? The evil man will do more evil. And just outside scripture, do you know the power, the capacity for good when you're in government. Pastor Chris, you become a governor of uh, Delta State now. You don't pay rent. You don't buy a car. You don't put fuel in the car. There's nothing that you need. Again. The only thing they put you in that office for is to do good. You have capacity to do good. Then people still there. They kill there. Evil. Do you understand? Do you know what it means? They just put you in power. Especially in Nigeria. If it's UK, they put you in power. There is a way you eat. They will charge you for the, the... You say to your family, let's go. I'm going for an assignment. You take five. They say they budgeted two for you. You pay for the other two. But in Nigeria, do you understand? They give you all of that. Why can't they do good? So if they just paint classroom, we are clapping for them. These are people that have been given the resources, everything they need to do good. Because evil is in them. They can't bring out good. If they make you the MD of a bank and you do what you should do well, no bribery, nothing, you will be a billionaire. Because there are businesses you will give loans that you should give them, get them under the terms that you should give them, and they will now make billions. They will come back and give you a billion. I get what I'm saying. If you just do well, but you see, evil will always do evil, but we're not on that level. I'm, I'm just giving you understanding. Do you understand? Now, the second level is where this person is not evil, but is at the level where we will call secular. He's normal. Let me say normal. He's normal. That's not your level. And I'm going to explain to you this normal person. 
this normal person, if he can achieve whatever he wants to achieve, you know what he's going to do? He's going to pursue his dreams. And I'm sure one, one or two of us must have thought, thought about that. He's going to pursue his dreams. So he's going to pursue popularity, notoriety, and fame. He's going to become the best preacher. He's going to become the best uh, uh, whatever. What are the best that you can think of? He's going to compete with Elon Musk. You know, he's going to compete with this. He, he's going to become, you know, make sure that he's well known. Why? Because we said if you are sure that you'll be given all the help or support to achieve whatever you want to achieve, that he'll be given to you. What are you going to do? This person is going to go to make a name for himself. He was going to change his name from Pastor Ikena to P-I-O. <laughs> Do you understand? And then he's going to make sure that when you wear your suit, there's going to be a bit of logo there with my picture there, P-I-O. Because I'm great. I told you how I went somewhere that we're singing. Pastor Livingstone was both of us. I am great. Yes, I am. That's what this person is going to do. You know why? Because it's normal. The normal person still has self as his God. Do you understand? So he's going to do good. But when he does good, he's going to use video and video himself doing good. So he feeds a thousand widows. And he broadcasts that he feeds a thousand widows. And then you see the thousand widows, you know, paying obeisance to him. He's going to do good. But that good is going to point to him. He's just normal. He's not a bad person. He's normal. And an example of that. Okay, did I give you an example of the evil person? An example of the evil person from the scriptures is the, the servant that our Lord Jesus Christ showed us in the parable of the unforgiving uh, steward. You know what happened with the steward now? He was forgiving, you know, money that we can't even estimate. I don't even know how he began to owe that kind of money. And then he met a fellow servant who was owing him less than 1,000%. And he held him and said, you must pay. That's the example of the evil one from the scripture. Now, the example of this normal person that we're talking about the scripture is Jeroboam. We don't have the time, but for your own inner edification, 1 Kings 11, 12, and 13, when you go home, read it. Jeroboam was the man that God raised to give a portion of the kingdom of Solomon when, you know, God saw that Solomon wasn't going in the right direction. So he raised Jeroboam. He was a nobody, but God raised him. And just favored him and gave him, you know, a portion. Gave him ten parts of the kingdom and left two with uh, Solomon. And Jeroboam, you know, had these ten kingdoms with him. Or these ten tribes with him, under him. But you know what this man began to do? He sat down and plotted. How does he keep these ten tribes from worshipping the true God? From going to Jerusalem to worship? Because he thought that if they go there to worship God, they will also be reconciled back under the kingdom of Solomon. So you know what he did? He raised false altars and built scarves and said to them, no need for you to go there. All he was doing was to preserve himself in the position that he did not fight for that God gave him. He didn't, God took it and gave him. When God gave it to him, he was doing everything to keep himself from ever losing it. And the Bible records about this Jeroboam. When you read it, the Bible says he did not only sin, he made Israel to sin. He became an example of sin in Israel. Why? Because God blessed him. That will not be a portion in the name of Jesus. Okay? So this was a man that was equipped with all capacity. 
In fact, the plan was that God would have left the man almost an equal legacy that he had with David if he had done well. But because he was just so conscious about preserving himself. Now, the third group we want to look at, which concerns us, is the born-again regenerated person. When this person has the capacity and the assurance that whatever he wants to do, you know, is going to get the help or support, you know what he's going to pursue? He's going to pursue the glory of the kingdom of his father and his maker. And that's where you and I belong. And the beautiful thing about this side is that you can't lose again. Um, it was um, the prophet um, Elijah. Elijah said when he made the challenge between the uh, prophets of Baal and himself, he said in the public, day, he said, let it be known to all Israel that I've done all these things according to what? Your word. So now they have tried to call fire. Fire didn't come. They have caught themselves. Nobody answered. But now I alone am here. But God let it be known. I'm making it more difficult. So he put water on the altar. He put water on the sacrifice. And said God because this is not Elijah's business. Answer by fire. That it might be known. That I've done these things according to your word. When you get your life to the point where you go to the office. And there are situations in that office. And you can kneel down or even just mutter in under your breath. Lord, let it be known in this office that I don't represent you, Kenna, here. I represent you. You begin to experience wonders that are beyond you. You know why? God must use somebody. Are you getting me? God must use somebody. The highest prayer I pray sometimes is when I just tell God, God, you know I would have no business in this place if not for you. And I finish. Didn't the Bible say, whosoever goes to work at his own expense? If you're sponsoring yourself, you have wahala. But when you know that the man you're marrying, the children you're raising, the business you're doing, that thing you're pursuing, everything you're doing, is not about you anymore. That's what this man understands. The regenerated man, the born again man, realizes that Jesus Christ is now his Lord. His employer, his engager, his master. That's who he is. This is the revelation that David and the three Hebrew boys had. That they so stood out in Babylon. Everybody in Babylon, at best, were serving Nebuchadnezzar. But when it came to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Nebuchadnezzar, they were not serving Nebuchadnezzar. Neither were they serving themselves. They were serving the, the supreme God. So when Nebuchadnezzar threatens them, they were no more. They say, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you. The king we serve in his kingdom, you're not even up to boy, boy. Do you get what I'm, that's it. I mean, I can close, that's all. When you understand that the one who is almighty has given you the privilege to be engaged in his service. So they laugh at you. You know what the Bible says? It says, blessed are you when you're persecuted. For righteousness sake or for my name's sake. So when they persecute you or speak evil against you. Because you're serving him. He said blessed are you. It's not personal. It's one thing that they you know, persecute me for my own what I'm doing. But if I'm doing what he said I should do. And it wasn't that what the disciples did. They went back and they blessed God. That they were counted worthy to suffer 
for his namesake. This person understands now that he has become united with the purposes of God. And the thing about the purpose of God is that it must be accomplished. The only, you know, variableness there is who will be part of it. As I live, says the Lord, say the knowledge of my glory shall cover the earth as the waters what. It means that in my family, God is looking for someone to use to show his glory. In my neighborhood, God is looking for someone to use to show his glory. Amongst my friends, God is looking for someone to use to show his glory. Everywhere you go, God is looking for someone. So you understand that you surrender yourself to him. And when the surrender is done, child of God, you now begin to enter into what we're declaring in song. All power. I think there's a song that says, uh, To you belong all power, Jesus. You see, all power belongs to this one who has commissioned you. That's how come you can walk with boldness. You can speak with righteousness. You, you can be sure at every point in time. Praise the Lord. You can be sure. That's the posture that we are taking in our nation now. We are on God's side. What we are pursuing is not for us. Praise the Lord. It's not for us. It's that our children may say, ah, there was a witness. My mother taught me. My father taught me. That neighbor, neighbors will say, we know a neighbor who was different. That's what we're talking about. Listen, you know the part of the erosion of values in our society is that we're where we are now that almost every rich person is a crook. But do you know that God will still make righteous billionaires? And I believe there are some, we may not know them. Do you understand? They might not be in the news. But God will still make right. Why? I mean, the devil has no originality in anything. He doesn't. There is no area that he has. He's a copy, copy devil. Let me not insult cats with him. He has no reason. So concerning wealth, God will promote some people so that when they sit amongst billionaires, billionaires will know that this, uh, we are billionaires, but this one's billion is to the glory of God academic excellence he will so distinguish you that when you sit amongst them they will know that this one we are uh, but this one is what different all those testimonies you see the bible says god will not leave himself without a witness how many want to be that witness hallelujah believe him believe him that's the god we said believe him he's looking to do it he said what will you do if you know you have all the backing that's what you're going to do you believe him so, following from what we you know, talked about, God, creation, fall, and restoration, you see that at the back of everything God has done, it is God doing it. You know, because the danger is that at a time, our relationship with God gets to a point where it becomes a bit um, easy for you and I to confuse what God is doing and what you're doing. Um, recently, I think it was last Sunday or this Sunday, I can't remember, but one of the scriptures we love very well here is that Jesus said to the Jews when they asked him, John, I believe that's John 6, says, what shall we do that we might walk the works of God? What did Jesus say to them? He said, this is the work of God. That what? You might believe in him whom he sent. Do you know why that's important? Because you see, what God has done, creation, what did you contribute how did you help God form your eye? Since you have hands, let's look it there. He finished making you. He was remaining the eye. And he said, join me. 
follow me, make I. <laughs> so, for creation, you didn't help God. Okay. For redemption, uncle, did you help God? When Jesus was going to be raised from the dead, are you sure we didn't help? Even the message of salvation, that the Holy Spirit brought the message. Do you know that the day he got born again, in that environment where he got born, there were other sinners that came that were angry with the preacher. But you received the word. And you get, what did you contribute? Not the word came. So God all through your life has been the mastermind of everything that is working. Now, can I tell you something? The challenge we have is that after some time, we think that God requires more sacrifice than obedience. Because we think we have matured, we have known him. And that's a danger, especially for those of us that are preachers and those of us that know the word. Because after a while, you think you know so much of God that God can want to do something. Like Peter, God says, I want to do this, I want to... He said, God, no, 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 this is not the time to do that type of thing. You see, God, I have a better plan. That's what Peter did. He was the foremost apostle then. So when Jesus said, you know, I'm going to do all of that, he said, no, 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 we, we are not at that level. I'm going to tell you, there's a better way. We can give them Judas. If they need to kill somebody, let them kill Judas or kill Nathaniel, but not you. We get to the level where we advise God. And that is the level where, you know, the disconnect begins to come in. Because once you get to that point, you immediately see another side of God because you see, because he's God. Praise the Lord. Because he's God, there are some things that he can't handle. God can't handle lack of cooperation. Let me use that word. What did I say? Lack of what? Cooperation. Okay. Recently, uh, flying back from Lagos, the part of the um, aircraft with Saturn, I could see the whole cockpit, you know, when they opened it. And what flashed in my head was this. You know, imagine if I went into the pilot's, you know, the cockpit and helped. Can't I help? Why you people are laughing now? Why are you people laughing? You see, you see the problem with you people. Can't I help the pilot? I'm a nice, am I not a nice person? Hey, so I go and tell, you know, now, oh, oh boy, shift, make I help you. For... <laughs> shift, make I help you for this flight. You've been working since morning. I have an idea. Do you understand? Let, let me help you and fly us from Lagos to Abuja. You see, we're all laughing. But, but we do that with God. When you bought the plane, what did they say? Sit down. Fasten your seatbelt. If you can sleep, sleep. When they arrive, they tell you. But when it comes to God, we want to tell God. This time, the last time I took it, the road wasn't good. That's what I want to tell God. And at that point, we begin to have issues. Because we, we now generate obstacles and you know, difficulties that we're not supposed to be in the plan. The truth is this. If we all would walk in absolute, which I mean is almost impossible, total obedience to God, we're going to have issues, we're going to have challenges. But none of them will be as, you know, they won't be as burdensome as what we are all going through. Because what we're experiencing is that many of us in different areas, we're just suffering the repercussions of unbelief. And in that unbelief, we match that unbelief, we support it with sacrifice. You know, so there, there are some people that God says to you, let, let's use husband and wife now. God says to you, um, uh, maybe you're, you're the man, and God says, uh, can you, you know, in this area, you know, adjust, humble yourself, do this, you know, for your wife. I know, dwell with her with understanding. And then you don't do it, okay? But then you go out, and then you see a, a woman selling orange. 
And then you buy the orange for 500 naira and dash out 500. And then you take picture and just say, see, these people that are selling oranges, we have to be considerate in about them. It's not, you just have to bless them everywhere. So now you have told God, eh? you want me to support my wife, but that's not a good idea. I tell you a better idea. I can be a good person, but just watch how better I can be. And the, the moment we do that, you know what happens? The moment we do that, because the devil is strategic. The moment we do that, you know what he does? He inflates you with pride. If you obey him, there will be no pride. But when you disobey him and offer sacrifice in place of obedience, he gives you pride. And then your head goes higher. Why does the devil give us pride? Because if you're humble, the devil can't cut you down. When there's pride, even God himself wants to cut you down. Are you with me? But that's not where I'm going. Our lesson for tonight is that, you see, the biggest, greatest accomplishment that might look like a big mountain to you. You know all it takes? Just believe and obey. So let me do a simple experiment with us tonight. In your most spiritual moments, have you sensed dreams that God gave you? Dreams, you know, burdens that God gave you. Tonight I want to tell you, it's possible. Praise God. It is what? It's not as difficult as you're thinking. Your thinking makes it appear difficult because you're thinking of what you would do to accomplish it. But just like every other thing about you has been originated and actually executed by God. And you just found yourself walking in it. Even this one, God is able to do it. Hallelujah. Not just that he's able to do it. He's eager to do it. Like the passage read, he said, I'm zealous for Zion with great jealousy. And my favor is great. God wants to accomplish his purpose. God wants to be glorified in you, in you, in you, in you. He wants to be. Praise the Lord. Now, now, if I help myself to where I surrender totally so that I just say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I'm going to see that dream being accomplished in ways that I can't even imagine. Why? Because he's God. Praise the Lord. You know, I don't know how to just uh, explain, break this further down. You see, the Apostle Paul speaking says uh, in Philippians 4, 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ. So what? Who strengthens me? Yes, you can accomplish all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the challenge is this. That scripture is Philippians 4.13, right? Now let's read 11 and 12. Read it. Let's read it together. One to go. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be what? For I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be, both to abound and suffer need. Then 13, leave 13, don't go to 13, we know. 13 says, for I can do all things, right? Now the challenge is this. God to raise you, sometimes want to help you to be abased. But you remove your head from the abasing department. But in his wisdom, he knows that necessity is that for the reason he wants to raise you for this season, he needs to abase you. But because you're in the path, the path of let me help God, you will resist that period of humbling. That period of abasing. You will struggle with it. You know, part of the things I learned recently in the scriptures, 
normally, or rather the scripture says, for we know that these light afflictions, they work for us, what? A far heavier weight of glory. But do you know that the Bible makes us understand also that if you don't cooperate with difficulty, you don't benefit from it. He said, let patience have its what? Perfect work that you might be complete. If you don't allow it, if you struggle through it, you will not gain the benefit. So before Paul could say, I can do all, he said, I learned to adjust with God whichever way he wants to move me. That is the secret. So as long as I'm obeying God, if it's a humbling season, I'm okay. Because I know that if he humbles me, he can also what? Raise me. And those are the secrets that men like David understood. So you see a man like David, he was anointed king. He was brought into the palace. He felt it. He got so close. He dined at the table. He was attached. He seen everything. Now when Saul began to throw his tantrums and to pursue him, he had an opportunity to kill Saul. And hasten back to the palace. And nobody will blame him. But what did David say? David said, I cannot. I can't do this thing. Saul is the Lord's anointed. But he also was the Lord's anointed. What was he saying? David was saying, I will not make this thing happen myself. I will let God do it. This was a David. You see, you see, understand spiritual things. Praise God. So, you're not learning lethargy. You're not learning, you know, uh, being a Jew man. No, that's not what we're We're learning spiritual sensitivity. Are you with me? This was a David who took no permission as a teenager to fight a lion. That's talking about boldness. This was a David who, as a young boy, not up to 18 years, went against a bear without going to ask his father, Papa, Papa. There is a bear pursuing our good. What should I do? That's talking about initiative. But when it was time to kill Saul, David said no. I get what I'm saying. So there are some things that you don't need approval for. In this fight between light and darkness, you don't need permission. I told you on Sunday, when you finish, come, I will support you. Whatever it is, on the righteous side. Ah, God is already fighting it. Do you understand? God is already fighting it. But when it involves your ego, the ones that, that's the one that you have to be sure. Does God want me? Is it my season? Are you getting me? But you know, those, those are the areas that we get confused. We so quickly want to be raised. We so quickly want to be known. We so quickly want to get. But no, you're a staff in the business of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And he knows the best time. When he was done preparing David, when he put him on the throne... David died sleeping on his bed. No sword, no knife, no arrow could kill him. Why? Because he had gone through the right path. And up to today, the promise is that the seed of David will never lack. Let's rise on our feet. God is for you. And the greatness and the you know, wonderful, majestic things you dream of. God wants to do them through you. I'm telling you. Some of us are the business empire that God has in mind. But, but it's going to be a path of obedience. The influence that God wants to bring us to. But it's going to be a path of obedience. Why? Because when God raises a man, it's not just the destination. It's the process. So tonight, I just want you to receive the spirit of faith afresh. To revive yourself. That is not difficult.
It's not difficult. God can. And God has chosen you. You have been enlisted in this army. Praise the Lord. God is mindful of you. When he considered you, he looked at you. The Bible says, you did not choose me, but I've chosen you and I've ordained you. So everyone listening to me, God chose you. God ordained you. God plans that you will bear mighty fruit, that you'll be a witness. God intends that he will use your name to tell people about his faithfulness. God intends that your testimony, your sanctification, everything about you is going to be for his glory. So tonight I want you to, re, you know, just wake yourself up. Let your faith be rekindled. Time has not passed. It's not impossible again. No. Because some of us are where we are and we look at all the dreams and all the aspirations and all the things that we, conversations we've had. And it's as though that it cannot work again. No, it can. God is almighty. He said to Joshua, now Moses, my servant, is dead. He said, get up. Just learn every part of it. That's what we're learning tonight. Learn the cooperation, total cooperation. Everybody can rush for gold. But how many people can sit down at the grass and wait? He said to the disciples, make them sit down. There's a season of sitting down. There's a season of patience. There's a season of humility. There's a season of devotion. There's a season of service. There's a season of surrender. When you say, Master, what would you have me do? You're planted in the house of... There's a season of just surrendering. And just faithfully every day doing what you know you should do. You can't dream how high. No, you can't dream how high God wants to take you. you. It's not possible for you to see. But that's what he wants to do. But he's just saying, allow me. He said, for, for with me, obedience is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. That's what he's saying. Just keep following me. Keep following me. Keep following me. I have a destination. Don't be in a hurry. A few years ago, I think it was just last year, two years ago, our anniversary was, you know, uh, stars forever. God just doesn't want to make you a star. He wants to make you a star forever. Not a star that will fall. Not a star that will be forgotten. People are naming their sons Joshua. They are naming their sons David. They are naming their sons Daniel. Why? Because those are stars forever. God wants to raise you a star forever. Don't be in a hurry. And don't be discouraged. And don't think too little. Let your faith be rekindled afresh. There's nothing that God can do. There's nothing he won't do with you. The apostle says, I can do everything. All things. All things that he wants me to do. He gives me the strength and the power. And in Acts 1, he says, we shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Lord, we thank you that I'm not alone. We are not alone. Awesome things. Marvelous things. Glorious things. Holy things. Powerful things. In every sect of society, in our homes, in our businesses, in the church, in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you. For you never fail, you never fail, you never fail. With God, your word says, all things are possible. It's possible. Glory, glory is possible. The raising up of head. It says, those who dwelt in darkness say, to them a great light has shone. The light of God always shines for those who wait. 
He said, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. We walk in obedience. It's not that we don't have dreams. We have dreams, but we are following. We are walking in step with him. We know he has a plan. We are walking in step with him. And we are not shaking because we know whom we have believed. And we know that he's faithful and able to perform that which he has spoken. Father, we thank you. We bind every spirit of despair. We cast it out in the name of Jesus. Ah, shake up all da da da. Behold, he comes. Ah, he's God. Oh, he's, it is God we are talking about. Almighty, Almighty. Time does not finish. He doesn't respect time. Do you know God doesn't respect time? He inhabits eternity and has no regard for time. He says, I am that I am. Not I was, not even I will be. I am. I am ever present. I'm never late. I make all things beautiful in his time. When I do it, it's beautiful. I don't come late. I don't come early. I am. And just like you spoke to us, fear everyone that has entertained any fear here, listening to me online, by the anointing, that spirit of fear is rebuilt. Because fear came with the fall. We have been redeemed. We have received the spirit of sonship. By which we cry, Abba, Father. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have not received the spirit of fear. Whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's physiological. You're not permitted to be afraid. Jesus Christ is your Lord. You will not be afraid what tomorrow holds. Because you know who holds your tomorrow. You will not be afraid about your future. Because Jesus is in your future. Jesus is your Lord. Fear is illegal. Thank you Lord. <laughs> Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.